Welcome to Create Wealth Through Franchising. I'm your host, Kim Daly. Whether you're a CEO, a military vet, a real estate investor, or simply in career transition and ready to take ownership of your future, with each episode, you're gonna learn valuable insights and hear inspiring stories from within the franchise industry. On that note, my guest stories are their own. And as a franchise consultant, I do not make personal brand endorsements or earnings claims, but I do educate, motivate, and inspire dreams. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Kim Daily TV. We have a different kind of episode in store for you all today. We're going to be talking shop with a good friend of mine. His name is Carrie Tober. He actually needs no introduction in the consultant network because this year in 2023, Mr. Tober was the Franchise Consultant Choice Award winner, which is a very coveted award, by the way, from among the consultant group. That means he's highly esteemed among all of the my peers at Franchise. I thought it would be an interesting conversation to have with Carrie because he represents sort of like I do both sides of the fence in franchising. He's worked for franchisors. He is a franchisee. He works with lots of different consultants. I mean, he manages lots of different people and processes. So his perspective on franchising, I think, is very, very unique. He also, this fall, signed on to be an adjunct professor at the University of New Hampshire teaching entrepreneurship. So the man does it all. And above all of that, Carrie and I met at an industry event only to find out that we basically grew up in the same hometown and we went to the same high school. Shout out to the Portsmouth High School Clippers. So with that introduction, Carrie Tover, welcome to Kim Daily TV. Wow, thank you so much, Kim, and super humbled, humbled by the accolades from Franchise as well, and, and humbled by that introduction. I, I don't know how I'm going to live up to that. <laughs> Whatever, you got this. So before we dive in and like just start picking your brain at all these different like questions, I'm dying to ask you to see your take on some of the things that I talk a lot about here on Kim Daily TV. Why don't you tell the followers just a little bit about how franchising found you, right? Because most of us don't go up and grow up and go, oh yeah, let's go get into franchising. So tell the audience your story. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna sound silly, but you know exactly the road I was on when I was being driven to school by my mom when I was like 15 years old. Um, I had a small DJ business that I started and we were talking about exit strategies and she had talked to me about franchising. And so this road that we know very well, Route 1 in Portsmouth, it's home to McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, the first or even second Planet Fitness, Margaritas, which became a franchise. And I'm watching all these businesses pop up and she's explaining to me how this business model worked. Um, you know, fast forward to my early 20s, I started looking at another brand that was in our market. I ended up getting my my master's degree in business administration at University of New Hampshire. And our capstone course was actually um, a strategy class where we had an opportunity to go work with a local business. And we we chose to go work with an emerging franchise brand at that time, spent about six months working with them and took a year off to go work at Fidelity Investments. And then when I was looking for a job, that franchisor came back into my life. And that's where I got my first position working in an actual franchise business. So I started as director of development, did that for about six months, got one of those phone calls that changes your life when they say, 
great news, buddy. You now run a marketing department. So was able to do that for about five years and was very formative for me because a lot of our franchisees were executives and vice president level from the fast casual quick serve restaurant space. And they were really great to me in helping me understand how to develop systems and processes for that franchisor and what a good franchisee franchisor relationship actually needs to look like to be successful for everybody. A very good foundation. So how did you end up getting to where you are today, which is part of the Rep'em, Build'em, Scale'em, like one of the largest franchise development companies in the country? Yeah, well, I would like to say it was due to a whole bunch of good luck and preparation, but it was probably more happenstance than anything else. And um, frankly, after I left uh, Franchisor I was working for, I ended up working for a company in New York City I worked with them for five years, but six weeks into it, I knew there was a problem, right? I knew there was something not right. And so I was making enough money that I stayed there, but I also had enough autonomy that I could do all sorts of research on things like residential housing investments or franchising. And I actually found, uh, stumbled into a, a franchise consultant that I worked with and bought into a franchise. Uh, while I was there, I opened a kickboxing studio in Manhattan and you know, by the time that job dried up, I had had enough contacts within the industry that took about seven days before I was on a plane down to Charlotte to interview for this position over here at Repham Group. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't, you end up in franchising. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> All right. So that gets you to present day. So you have this great wealth of knowledge, right? You've worked for franchisors, ones who failed. You've been a franchisee of systems led by not so scrupulous people. Is that the right word? Sure. That's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah. And now you're part of this company that goes out and vets franchises. That's what they do to bring Kim Daly young emerging brands that we can scale together and grow into the next big American franchise brands. So with your knowledge, let's start before we talk about you as a franchisee, let's just talk a little bit about like how, as a group, how do these development companies decide on what kind of entrepreneur to take a chance on? Like what are some of the characteristics of a business model that give you guys confidence that, oh, we could scale this thing on a national level? Yeah. And you had mentioned when we were talking about some of the franchisors that I worked for previously, the word failure. And uh, I think in the world of entrepreneurship, if you're not failing, you're not learning. Yes. Right. Like, why is everybody so afraid of failure? I mean, I get it. Like people have a lot of their life savings on the line and it's scary, but I don't think that you can be successful if you never fail. I think we learn more when it isn't going right than when it is going right because we're forced to learn, right. especially if we want to stay in business and survive. Right? And nobody's intentionally going out there and looking to fail, but fail early, fail often. And that's part of entrepreneurship, right? That's part of the continuous self-improvement component of being better and better at a small business. And so when I was teaching at UNH the other day, one of the things I mentioned to these, these young students is as an entrepreneur, you guys are in a great position as young people to get involved and make some mistakes early on because you can bounce back from them readily, readily quickly. Now, to answer your question about what we actually look for here at a franchise development office is we're looking for businesses that have gone out there and have probably gone through some of those iterations of failure. They've gone through some growth patterns. They've had some early wins and some early successes. 
And really simply, we're looking for a few things, right? We want a strong brand that brings a unique value proposition to the market. We're also looking for really strong financials, really strong leadership. And those are really the three pillars that we look for. If they have other businesses that are already open, if they have franchisees currently, we're going to want to look for very strong validation on that as well. Uh, being able to talk to validators who are going to say, yes, this business model fits what I'm looking for or I am making money is the easiest and best way to help grow a franchise system. Why do you think that the overall failure rate for franchisors is so high? Like I've heard it, I guess I should preface that by saying, you know, the statistic is that like less than 1% of all franchisors get to 100 units. So we know in our world, that's not the reality that we play in because we play with the best of the best. But why do you think that is, Carrie? Well, I think, it, you know, apply that to general business too. I think general entrepreneurship is really hard. And then you put into an effect where you're dealing now with investors who are bringing in their own capital. They're bringing on their own emotions, their own relationships with the business and with their money uh, makes it a really challenging relationship to manage. Early on in my career, I learned that franchising has a very different relationship structure than almost any other business. Uh, you can work in a big corporation and have internal shareholders, and that is not the same thing as having franchisees who are investing their own dollars and time into growing your business. And so they need to be treated as such. Please explain. Please explain. Go down that path a little <laughs> bit deeper because this is a good path. This is a little rabbit hole that I think listeners should be leaning into. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've interviewed a lot of different people and I've spoken with a lot of people in my day. And when you get on the phone with somebody and you say, hey, what do you know about franchising? They say, I don't know anything about franchising, but I work in areas where we have stakeholders. We have distributors that we work with. We have vendors. We have customers that we need to satisfy. That's awesome. But when you're in a franchise system, you're literally working with people who are taking many times their life savings, their 401k or their expendable cash, and they're investing that into a business. These people generally come from a pretty educated standpoint where they have some experiences in their past, be it other businesses that they've been involved in. So they have a very critical eye to the way that their money is being spent. And they're going to ask questions about things like, what do, what do my royalties pay for? What do I get for my marketing dollars? What do I get for my franchise fee? And they're then going to hold the franchisor and their team accountable to being able to get those things. And they're contractually obligated to do so. It's a very different relationship once you get into working with a whole big group of entrepreneurs. Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're loving this episode, please do me a quick favor and leave me a five-star rating and a short review. Your feedback fuels my growth and rankings and shows others that this podcast is valuable. Now, back to the show. Okay, so here on Kim Daily TV, Carrie, I have a lot of content around what are you actually owed in a franchise, right? So because I feel like I want to push people to be accountable. I think there's too much scapegoating to it's the franchisor's job to make me successful. And that's why so many people are like miserable as franchisees, right? And there's a lot of happy people in franchising, living their best life. But let's be real, there's a lot of mediocrity, if you will. People, nobody set out to be average. And then there's like this average group of people in every franchise system. So if we go back to your comment of like, 
what people think they're owed or what they're going to get from the franchise. Let's define that clearly from the franchisor's perspective, right? And contractually, what are they owed? Well, first of all, it's way easier to be lazy than to work hard, right? That's part one. So if you're buying, yeah, a shocker. If you're buying into a franchise and your goal is to be hands off or be lazy in your business, that's the result you're going to bear. If you go and buy into a franchise system and you're leaning into the systems and processes that are in place and you're running those to a T, you are, have a much, much, much higher likelihood of being successful. And you talked about accountability. I always used to say, you know, accountability comes across as a very dirty word, but it's really not. It's the lifeblood of a franchise or a franchisee relationship. It is a fractionalized partnership where if you don't make money, the franchisor doesn't make money. And if the franchisor can't provide you with the tools and processes that you need to be successful, you're not making money either. Exactly. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. Everybody has to benefit. So when people come sort of like guns blazing, like, oh, those evil franchisors, you know, <laughs> they don't care about my success. And I heard my friend's story where he just got ripped off and he was paying royalties and he didn't get anything for it. Right. Like, I mean, I can't speak for every franchisor out there. And certainly there are probably franchisors that don't do anything for their franchisees, but not here in the Boca Raton world of franchising that Carrie Tober and Kim Daly live in, right? So by that, I mean the, the, you know, the streets are perfectly lined with palm trees and lights and all the bushes are perfectly groomed. And that doesn't, I mean, I'm being facetious. That For doesn't sure. mean that, you know, it's not hard work and effort over here with emerging brands. Trust me, there's a lot of hard work and effort going in, but that to your point, um, People have to be accountable. And I've heard the statistic that, or it's not really a statistic, it's an equation. I'm getting ready to do my first keynote at, at a franchise convention. I don't know if I told you that, Didn't. Carrie. So I'm very excited. I will be the keynote presenter at the Units Moving in Storage Franchise Convention in early November. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I've been dreaming about this moment for years, and here it is. So I've been like researching, you know, and thinking about what I want to say, of course. And I found this equation that said that success equals 20% strategy and 80% mindset. And I, I even made a short about it on Instagram the other day. I was like, well, this is an interesting equation for franchisees, right? Who thought that by buying that proven franchise system, you just bought down the learning curve and got everything you needed to be successful. Well, that equation just you know, bust that myth, if you will, right? Like this just shows you that 80% is how the franchisee thinks, talks, and acts, because that's going to be your mindset, right? Your mindset's going to come from how you think and how you talk about your business, which is where the daily coach spends the majority of her time coaching people because I didn't really know it was that much, but I do believe it. When I saw that equation, I was like, Oh my God, that's so true. And going back to the question I asked you about why do you think failure is so rampant in franchising? I think your answer is spot on. I think that franchisors fail at the same rate as startup businesses because most of them are startup businesses. And what's the number one reason startup businesses fail? They run out of money. And the franchisors aren't making money off of royalty for years, right? That's not a that's not a money pit up front. If they think they're going to, they're definitely going to fail. But it takes a lot of money. But speaking to this mindset piece, I think that the fear level in young franchise systems, when you have like 
let's say you award 50 licenses, 50 individual franchisees in one calendar year, right? You have 50 newborn babies, business owners, and the amount of fear, it takes incredibly strong leadership to overpower all of that fearful energy. And I think sometimes things go wrong and it's not even actually, there's nothing actually wrong in the business. It's just a, a moment because there's the fear is so high from all these first time business owners that the energy of that produces negative outcomes. Yeah, it's called the like, the panic the panic and freak out moment is what it is, right? So I have a, a brand I work with. We've awarded almost 50 licenses, not 50 franchisees, but it'll be about 20, 25 franchisees in about two and a half, maybe three months. And so now I can see, and I've been down this road before, but I can see this leadership team starting to say, all right, we really have to run a different business than we did three months ago. And these franchise systems, as they grow, they have to evolve just like any startup business, right? They have to add in things like operational support. They have to add in different standard operating procedures for different markets that they never expected. Uh, marketing, how they have the right people in the in the right places to be able to support the franchisees. I mean, these are custom critical things that have to happen on day one that when you look at some of these bigger franchisors that have been around for decades, uh, like the McDonald's, the Remaxes, the Marriott's of the world, they've had the luxury and the opportunity and the cash flow that you talked about to be able to grow these businesses. And an emerging business, they're right on the cusp of developing all those pieces all at one time. All at the same time which takes a lot of money, amazing vision, and even stronger leadership, yeah. right? Like when people come to me and they're like, oh, I have this great idea. I'm thinking about franchising my business. And I'm like, Don't why do would it. you ever do that? <laughs> exactly. What a, wait, a and then idea. people are always like, wait, 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 wait. Don't you make a living growing franchise mm-hmm. systems? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to save you from yourself because I always say like franchise systems, franchisees are like my teenagers, right? Like no matter how much you do for them, it's never enough, right? <laughs> when, when it's going good, you mom definitely don't get the credit, but when it's going wrong, it's all your fault. I used, <laughs> how true is that? I used the exact same analogy. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, how many kids do you have? He said, five. I was like, all right, so you know how franchising works. You get it. Are all five of your kids in a good mood at the same time? Never. Okay, great. You got it. <laughs> They're all needy at different times and they all have different personalities and you have to know, oh, okay, this kid needs this kind of personality. This kid needs this personality from mom. And they all think they're smarter than you, Kim. So, Of course, especially once they get out of the gate and get a little bit of experience. Now, look, listeners, we're we're not bashing you. We need you to be our franchisees because we'd have nothing to talk about. And we love no, it. And we, we and, and we want that. I mean, it's it's just like hiring any team, right? You want to surround yourself with people who offer things that you don't necessarily have. So adding in people who have different strengths to your business are what's going to make it successful in a longer term uh, business model. Yeah. So let's talk about why you love franchising so much, right? I mean, we can go down our rabbit holes, but like we've both been in this industry for a really long time, right? And we're just so young ourselves, but what, why do we love franchising so much, Carrie Tober? Well, I, I always have so much fun with it and I love being able to watch uh, business models expand Uh, from an early day when I started working at a franchise or implementing a system or a process. And we can talk in detail about that, but implementing even the simplest structure 
for how a workflow is supposed to go or how that's going to impact a system is just so rewarding. Um, in my early days, I used to say things that are probably crass now, but you know, something would happen and I would say, how do we ensure that that never happens again? Right. And then I would sit back, contemplate the way that the work was flowing and make changes and then communicate that out to the franchisees so that they knew that there was a path to follow when they wanted to be successful. A really simple example is uh, when we got into the world of graphic design, if somebody wanted something customized, we implemented a graphic design request form and it was a simple web portal. And we'd say, give us 10 days to turn this around. And by the time we got done with it, we were doing it in two to three days because it was completely efficient. And so that's very, very rewarding inside of that system. Just watching the development from the operation side of like developing these systems and processes and then watching how, you know, they can adapt and change and this help franchisees grow and scale faster. Yeah. And there's also an impact, right? Because if you can scale the business to a, a bigger level faster, you can impact more people and more consumers. Um, I always part of that that car ride with my mom was always like there's two ways to make a million dollars. Right. You can find one big source to give you a million dollars or you can find a million small sources to give you a dollar. And what is the impact that you have on those sources? And I always liked the latter a little bit more because it seemed like a great way to, to crowdsource this out and spread it amongst my peers and my friends and other people like me. That's really fun. And I think that we all love franchising. I mean, I'll, I for myself, I fell in love with this industry years ago because like compared to when I listen to other people talk about their corporate ladder and their corporate jobs and it's kind of backstabbing and so political, like here in franchising, everybody's here to like live their own dreams. And we're all here to support that, right? Like, so there's just this like insidious entrepreneurial spirit. And while like even in a franchise system, we we may compete a little bit, you know, just harassing each other of who's gonna be the rookie of the year or the number one franchisee at that time. But like, it's all good because we know in the end, we're all winning. We're all waking up to, you know, live out our own dreams, make the kind of money that we we want to make, serve the kind of customers that we want to serve, create the jobs that we want to create, which is this freedom effect. Right. Yeah. And that's really what I always tell people that we're selling and franchising. Right? Franchising is just the vehicle that's driving the outcome and the outcomes are freedom, personal, professional and financial freedom. And I think ultimately, if we really are talking shop about franchising, that's why everybody who gets into this industry stays. Yeah, it's a completely different relationship with work than a corporate job. I've never um, been made to feel stupid in the world of franchising. I've never, I, my, I've just thought of this. I, I had a guy once tell me in the corporate world, here, take the knife out of my back so you can stick it in theirs. Right. I mean, that's that's the type of behavior that happens inside some of these corporations. And that's not the way it works when you are in charge of your own corporation. It doesn't work that way. Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're ready to begin your own journey to find the perfect franchise, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My services are totally free for you. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. Now, back to the show. In franchising, when one franchisee wins and we can share it, we know we all get better, right? Yeah. Like the CEO of Franchise loves to say that rising tides raise all ships, Absolutely. right? I learned that expression from Jeff Elgin and it's so true. And that's the whole idea of a franchise is if I figure out something and I share it with you, it doesn't diminish me, right? If you get better, then our brand equity grows and that's how you get these big uh, exit 
strategy wins for people when they're ready to exit brands, but it's also just how you build the next big American brand like Planet Fitness or Massage Envy or Orange Theory, right? We love those brands as consumers because there's consistency to the experience and that's because there was consistent execution by all of these franchisees. I love it. So what are you teaching those kids at UNH? What what do you teach them? Are you are you pro entrepreneurship? Are you pro franchising? Are you trying to be like walk the line on both sides? No, well, I mean I, I'm a big pro entrepreneurship guy, so let's let's not lose that, but it's through the vehicle of franchising. And so the class is called Entrepreneurship Through Franchising and what um, what I've done with these these students over 14 weeks is I've given them a lesson plan where at the end of the day, they're going to uh, provide a 10-slide pitch deck to an investor. Uh, but what I did is I wanted them to be able to see all facets of the franchise industry. So we actually broke it up into six different categories. It's really simple. It's two. It's brick and mortar and service brands, right? So either you have a retail storefront or you don't, right? You Maybe you're servicing from a home services standpoint or you have a truck. And then within that, we actually use the Franchise Times uh, Top 500 to break it down into small, medium, and large. So anything in the you know 1 to 100 range is going to be your large franchisors. Uh, 101 to 500 will be your medium cap franchisors. And then anything not on the list are what we call small or emerging franchisors. Uh, so you know in each category, they're picking small, medium, large. We have six groups. Uh, and so far, they've you know they've made it through the the franchise disclosure document. We did two classes on that. They did a great job. Uh, we had a guest speaker come in last week who actually is putting together a business plan to an investor, doing exactly what the the uh, programming in the course is is going to be for in these students. And you know, so far so good. We're having a lot of fun with it. I, I wish they would ask more questions. If any of them hear that, ask more questions in class. But I think they're I think they're a little young and nervous. But that's okay. We're having a great time. Yeah, that's awesome. Shaping young minds. I think well, the, the other the other thing too, Kim, is like, I don't know if you've ever presented to a group of 21 or 22 year olds. It's a lot harder than presenting to adults. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Uh, intimidating wise, like they're looking at like you, like you're stupid dad or what? Yeah, I mean, I, now that you say it, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> went for 80 minutes on the first one. I was like, do you guys have any questions? And there was not a single question. I'm like, oh, gosh. You're like, did I talk over their heads or <laughs> yeah, like just kind of coming down to their maturity level and their understanding level of life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can kind of get that. I, I can see where that could be issue. Interesting. I mean, I just think it's amazing that you're doing that. Kudos to you. Thank you. So let's talk before we kind of wrap this up. Let's talk about you as a franchisee. Sure. So what's your investment strategy for investing in franchises? I know you recently invested in a, another one. Yep, so always do. tell my audience a little bit about how you, what kind of homework you do before you say yes to a franchise. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll level set with this too, because if, if you're going to be an options trader, if you're going to trade stocks from home, if you're going to buy real estate and you know do flip, fix and flips or any of that stuff, you have to have an investment strategy and same with franchising. Um, for me, you know, when I first got into the world of investing in franchising, maybe six, seven years ago, I laid out some pretty, pretty core uh, investment criteria. First one is, you know, a certain amount of what type of people I'm going to have working for me. So how many people was a key part um, looking at restaurants, right? I don't want to have like 50 or 60 employees. I want to be at a place where I'm sub 30, sub 15 employees. Uh, and then what type of work are those people doing, right? Because you're going to be surrounding yourself with these people on a daily basis. 
So how is that going to help you professionally grow? And so I want to be surrounded by the right people. Um, after that, pretty simple criteria are financials. So how much is it going to cost to open, right? Is it within scope? If, if it's a $2 million build out, that's probably too much for me right now, but a two hundred dollars to $500,000 build out, that's within scope. So I'm going to use that as a tool to identify what's going to be a good fit. Uh, profitability. I set a minimum target for my, um, for my margins. I want to be able to have a business hit a certain level of EBITDA or net owner benefit at the end of the day. Uh, so I look for that. Uh, and then the last piece, which is really, really big to me, is what my impact is going to be. So who am I serving? Again, the people that I'm going to surround myself with and what impact is that going to have to the community? And when those things tend to line into place, it's then very easy to go find a franchisor and start poking holes at are they scalable? Do they have the territory that I want available? Are the systems and processes in place? And are they good people? Right. And so once I have all these things in line, it's really, really easy to then say, okay, this makes sense or this fits my model or a model of somebody I'm working with. Do you mind sharing or do you not want to share the franchise that you most recently invested in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my girlfriend, Michelle, and I are co-owners of uh, Kiddo Kinetics here in Nassau County, Long Island. So we bought the entire market, um, got into it. And, you know, Michelle's background was that she, you know, she'd been a yoga instructor for seven years. We had uh, a child during COVID, so she didn't work for two years. And then it was like, hey, you can either get a job or we can lean into this, this business investment. And when we went through the evaluation process, she said, I, I really like this. And you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, I know it fits your model. This is like a perfect fit. And by the way, we can afford it. So, and the leadership team is awesome. So let's, let's, let's line up. Um, and so we, we kicked off about a year ago. Uh, she spent the first, you know, six months really focusing on operations and understanding the business, you know, rightfully so had been out of business for a while, has never been an entrepreneur. Uh, and then we started our sales piece and, you know, we've been very, very successful uh, last week she came, came in at the end of the week. She's like, we got this school and they're kicking out. I'm not going to say the name of the competitors, but two other competitors and they're going with us and it's X amount of dollars and it's not a small amount of dollars. And I was very happy. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's awesome to see that. And I think even the cooler part is we're taking a person who I've known for almost 20, 25 years now, and she's never been an entrepreneur and utilizing the systems that, a franchise provides, she is now a true entrepreneur. And I, I had that conversation with her a couple of weeks ago saying, can you just put into a paragraph what you've learned in the last year? And she goes, no, <laughs> there's, there's no way I could have experienced this type of, of business ownership or this type of, you know, motivation, right. To be able to build my own business. If I, if I wasn't involved in a system like this. Personal and professional growth Absolutely. comes before financial gain. Yep. It's so true. I love that story. For those who aren't sure what Kiddo Kinetics is, I, I think the founder has been a, a guest here. I know he has on Kim Daily TV, but it is sort of an outsourced, like, would you call it outsourced physical education? Yeah, like, outsourced uh, physical education, after school enrichment programs, in school enrichment programs, a um, little bit of birthday parties here and there. But it's all really focused on getting youths involved and, you know, 20 different types of sports early on. Um, you know, my son is turning three next month and he goes to two, three kiddo kinetics classes per week. I mean, this kid's not even three years old. He can walk around on ice skates with no balance issues. It's pretty insane. So get him started young awesome. because the movement helps their brain. 
Yeah, that's great. So it's a non-brick and mortar. You go where the children are. So it creates a kind of a lower investment, low fixed cost uh, scenario, which usually translates once you understand the sales process to very high margins. <laughs> Just in case you're interested in that one, you certainly can find me at inquire at kimdaily.tv. <laughs> I would say you nailed it. And when I was going through the unit economics presentation, I had to double check it because I didn't know that those margins were real, but they're real. They're nice. Yeah, you're like, wait, did you just say what? <laughs> yeah, and the founders of that brand are just like some of, the, they're just world-class leaders in other franchises. Both of them have um, built other very, one even in a child enrichment uh, space, uh, just incredible people that know franchising, leadership, operations, like all parts of it. So it was like the perfect storm of a great opportunity combined with great leadership and and now it's going to have its moment. And so, yeah, and there's it's kind of one of those unsung heroes in franchising, though, because Kiddo Kinetics, who's even ever heard of that? It's definitely not a brand we toss around like, you know, Planet Fitness. Well, we had our uh, we had our franchise conference two weeks ago, last yeah, 10 days ago. And so the other piece of this that's unspoken is, you know, first of all, there's there's some of my peers over here at Reppin Group who are also franchisees, which is great validation. But then being in that room with the other franchisees is a it's just such an awesome opportunity to be surrounded by people who are like-minded in their focus of growing the business, but they all come from different walks of life. So everybody's got different things to add that strengthens the system as a whole. And just a walking away from that really good feeling, like ready to go break down walls and you know, sell some outsource physical education. Let's go, you know? That's awesome. I mean, that's the point of the franchise convention and bringing it full circle to Kim being a keynote. Listen, if you need a keynote for next year, <laughs> I'm not going to be the rookie. <laughs> I'm getting, I am getting my training wheels out this November and then I hope to like unleash and like be able to do it, rinse and repeat. I love it's so it. Fun. I love it. Yeah, Carrie, you're such an inspiration. I mean, us consultants, we all love you so much. You're fantastic to work with, super responsive. This guy never leaves a text message. Like, I never have to wait long. He's always on his phone. It's like a New York minute, and the guy's on it, even though he's from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Represent. Um, and, and he's just great to work with, and he's smart, and he's, you know, just, he's done a lot of different things. So even if you're a candidate out there listening to this, and, you know, these are the kinds of people that you get exposed to when you start thinking about exploring a franchise. So you can learn from even the people that aren't selling you the franchise, uh, or the people that are selling you the franchise, right? We all bring, you know, typically wealth of experience to you to help you be the most informed decision maker that you can be. Whether that decision is yes or no, doesn't so much matter. But what matters is that we know that you get a great experience and understanding in what franchising really can afford you. Would you say that, that that's true? Kate? I would say that's very true. And I would take it even a step further to talk about when we're looking at the right candidates, we have this thing, or at least I have this thing that's called responsible placement, right? And that's making sure that the candidate and the brand are the right fit for one another. Nothing feels better than being on a signing call with a candidate who fits a brand and a brand who has every tool available to support that candidate. Again, another myth that franchisors don't care and they're just taking your franchise fee and they don't care about your success. <laughs> not, not mine. <laughs> right? 
Anyway, if it was true, we wouldn't be loving what we do so much. We do it because we love all of you listeners out there. We want all of you to understand the true value proposition. We want you to join this world that we love in, that we've both thrived in. So many people are thriving in this industry called franchising. So on that note, if you are a listener and you're interested in beginning your journey into exploring franchising, please follow the email on the screen right now or reach directly out to inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. And to my great friend, Carrie Tober, thank you so much for donating so much of your time today to be my special guest. My pleasure, Kim. Thank you for always being on the forefront of this, producing so much content and being out there because you're helping the whole industry and we all appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love what I do. And until next time, my name is Kim Daly and I want to be your daily coach. You can find more content just like this on my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. And if you're inspired to take the next step to explore franchises matched to you, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. 